This is 365 Tech by Sweets. Today we are on part 6 of our 12-part journey through Kevin Kelly's book, The Inevitable, Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. Today's topic, sharing. Communal aspects of digital culture run deep and wide. Wikipedia is an online encyclopedia that is sourced, edited, documented, and updated by millions of contributors from around the world varying in age and experience. Linux is a free open source operating system that was built and is continued to be built, maintained, and updated in a similar way. Digital socialism can be called America's newest innovation. This is a new brand of socialism that operates in culture and economics rather than government. This socialism has even been called the sharing economy by a lot of scientists. And the sharing economy, I think, is a little bit easier for the palate to take in because socialism typically has a negative connotation with it, especially in Western culture. In the 2008 book, Here Comes Everybody, media theorist Clay Shirky suggests a useful hierarchy for sorting through the new social arrangements ranked by increasing degree of coordination employed. The first is sharing. The online public has an incredible willingness to share. The number of personal photos uploaded on Facebook, Flickr, Instagram, and other sites is an astronomical 1.8 billion per day. It's a safe bet that a majority of these digital photos are shared in some fashion. On top of that, there are status updates, map locations, half-thoughts, tweeted, Add to this the billions of videos that are served up on YouTube each day and the millions of fan-created stories that are deposited onto fan-fiction sites. People are sharing all the time. The next stage in the hierarchy is cooperation. When individuals work together towards a large-scale goal, it produces results that emerge at the ground level. Not only have amateurs shared billions of photos on Flickr and Tumblr, but they shared them with categories, labels, and keywords. Others in the community can then call those pictures into sets and boards. The popularity of the Creative Commons licensing means that in a sense, your picture is my picture. Anyone can use an uploaded photo, just as, uh, just as in a commune, I might go up and use the communal wheelbarrow. I don't need to go out to Paris to get a photo of the Eiffel Tower, I can just Google for it or I can just search on Facebook to find it. Someone's already taken one, probably with more expertise in better lining and during a better season than I'll ever visit Paris and take that photo in. Cooperation brings with it a threefold benefit. First, social facing technology aids a site's users directly by letting them individually tag, bookmark, rank, and archive a found item for their own use. Second, users will be able to benefit from an individual's tags, pins, and bookmarks, making it easier for them to find similar material. And then third, Collective action creates an additional value that can come only from the group as a whole. For instance, a pile of unassembled photos can be compiled together. Back to the example of the Eiffel Tower. All of these photos can be collected, assembled into a stunning 3D holistic rendering based off of the um, active tags as well as the massive data set of these images. The sum outperforms the parts. Traditional socialism ramped up this dynamic via the nation-state, and now digital sharing is decoupled from the government and operates at an international scale. The third degree in this hierarchy is collaboration. Organized collaboration can produce results beyond the achievements of ad hoc cooperation. In these endeavors, 
finely tuned communal tools generate high quality products from the coordinated works of thousands or tens of thousands of members. In collaboration, work reward ratio is so out of kilter from a free market perspective. Workers do an immense amount of high market uh, work without being paid. That these collaborative efforts make absolutely no sense within capitalism. Adding to that economic dissonance, we become accustomed to enjoying the products of these collaborations free of charge. Half of all of the web pages on today are hosted on Apache servers, which are free and open source, community created. Nearly 1 million community designed Arduinos and 6 million Raspberry Pi computers have been built by schools and hobbyists. Their designs are encouraged to be copied freely and used as the basis for new products. Instead of money, the peer producers who create these products and services gain credit, status, reputation, employment, satisfaction, and experience. We're being rewarded in different ways than we were previously rewarded by society, and that's changing the way that we um, contribute to it, share, and interact with it. The last step in the sharing hierarchy is collectivism. This is the emerging design space that's decentralized public communication, which can solve problems and create things that neither pure communism nor pure capitalism can. Roughly 650,000 people are working on more than half a million projects, half a million open source projects. That total is three times the size of the General Motors workforce. So far, the biggest online collaboration efforts are open source projects, and the largest of them, such as Apache, Apache Web Server, manage several hundred contributors, which is about the size of a village. Think about the collectivism of social media. A billion people spend a lot of their day creating content for free. They report on events around them, they summarize stories, they add opinions, they create graphics, make, make jokes, make cool photos and craft videos. They're paid in the value of communication and relations that emerge from 1.4 billion connected, verifiable individuals. They're paid by being allowed to stay in the commune. The power of sharing is not just about the nonprofit sector. Three of the largest creators of commercial wealth in the last decade, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, derive their value from unappreciated sharing in unexpected ways. One, Google overtook the leading search engines of its time by employing links made by amateur creators of web pages. Google was the first to extract value from the shared search results that customers clicked on. Each click was an ordinary user representing a vote for the usefulness of that page. So merely by using Google, the fans themselves made Google better and more economically valuable. Second, Facebook took something that few people thought was valuable, the, the web of our friends, and encouraged us to share it while making it easy for us to share notes and gossip with our newly connected circles. Facebook's most powerful asset turned out to be the persistent online identity it needed to create for us in order for this sharing scheme to work. Facebook made a lot of money by making it very easy to share the authentic version of yourself. And lastly, Twitter. It built a surprisingly huge business in enabling people to share quips and to collect loose acquaintances. Before then, this level of sharing was not considered worthwhile, let alone valuable. Twitter proved that this is worthwhile and can be made into shared gold when collected and processed in the aggregate and then organized and disseminated back into the individual, into organizations, and for research purposes. Bottom-up systems of collaboration can be thought, and collectivism can be thought of as a sort of hive mind. This bottom-up hive mind has a couple of benefits to it. First, the bottom-up hive mind 
will always take us much further than we imagine. An example of this is Wikipedia. Although not ideal, it's far, far better than anyone believed it could ever could be, and it keeps surpassing us in this regard. Netflix's personal recommendations derived from the millions of other people that watch succeed beyond what most experts expected. Second, even though a purely decentralized system won't take us all the way, it's almost always the best way to start. It's fast, cheap, and out of control. The barriers to start a new crowd-powered service are low and getting lower. A hive mind scales up wonderfully smoothly. That's why there were 9,000 startups in 2015 trying to exploit the sharing power of decentralized peer-to-peer -peer networks. It does not matter if they emerge over time and change over time. Perhaps 100 years from now, the shared processes, like Wikipedia, are going to be layered up with so much material crap that they'll resemble these old-school centralized businesses. Even so, despite this, the bottom-up is still the best way to start. We live in a golden age now. The volume of creative work in the next decade are going to dwarf the volume of the last 50 years. Books have never been cheaper and more available than today. Ditto for music, movies, games, and every kind of creative content that can be digitally copied. The volume and variety of creative works available have skyrocketed. Today, the audience is king. But what about the creator? No method has ever been more beneficial to creators as crowdfunding. In crowdfunding, the audience funds the work. The biggest example of crowdfunding is Kickstarter, which runs an ingenious escrow service so that the full grant is not handed over to creators until and unless the total amount is raised. So if the drive is even a, the fundraising drive is even a dollar short at the end of the 30 days, the money is returned immediately to all the funders and the fundraisers get nothing. And out of crowdfunding, out of this Kickstarter economy, the most potent future role for crowd sharing is in fan base equity. This is the idea uh, of allowing fans of a company to purchase shares in a company. This is exactly what you do when you buy shares of a stock on the stock market. You are part of a crowdsourced ownership. The advantages of this are obvious. If you have an idea, you can seek investment from anyone else who sees the same potential as you do. You don't need to have the permission of bankers or the rich. If you work hard and you succeed, your backers are going to prosper with you. Harnessing the sharing of crowd will always take you further than you think, and it's always the best place to start. In the next three decades, the greatest wealth, the most interesting cultural innovations, lie in the direction of crowdsourcing and in sharing. The largest, fastest growing and most profitable companies in 2050 are going to be companies that will have figured out how to harness aspects of sharing that are invisible and unappreciated today. Sharing something that has not been shared yet or in a new way, is the surest way to increase its value. Well, that's sharing. Check in tomorrow for episode 7 of our 12-part series. We're talking about filtering.